Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Brian, a very brand new start of the year. First time that we're on air together. Happy New Year. Compliments of the season. Kathy, and all the very best to you and to all our listeners. And all I can say is, you know, time just flies. It, does, it seems like yesterday that we last did the show. Um, and, and so much has happened since December right through to now. And all I can say to everyone is I wish them, I wish them a healthy year because if you have a healthy year, it should be a much happier year. And it's probably, you know, we've got a lot ahead of us, as we know, and uh, a bit concerning. Um, Kathy, I think we're going to be doing this morning is how do you get out of this uh, the hole so many people have found themselves in? Mm, absolutely, because um, you know, and, and you, one of the 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 difficult things, Brian, is that in in 2020 we're looking at a situation where most people probably didn't make as much as they would in previous years, and a lot more people who are within the job market have now been left without work and that obviously has a bearing on our finances it certainly does but kathy can i take license i've been doing this program for 28 years and it's all about financial health and financial um, help but without physical health often financial health fails into financial insignificance Mm. and during the last six weeks i've done a lot of walking and i've made two observations that i'd like to share which are not being adhered to under COVID suggestions and regulations. And I just want to take a little bit of license. The two, the first is the wearing of masks. I see people wearing masks around their chin all the time and often it covers their mouths and not their nose. And I just don't understand the concept about wearing a mask. People have been told. And so I'm just reiterating again on radio for our many listeners, please, not only while you're listening, tell your family the mask has to cover. But even more concerning is 64% of South Africans use a taxi for transport. And I must have noticed over 100 taxis pass me, and none of them have their windows open. However, only the front window. I've even called the COVID hotline um, um, report uh, line and spoke to the brigadier. And I hope the message will get through to the Department of Transport and the Taxi Association. You're transporting 64% of South Africans and you're not adhering to the most basic of opening windows. It's no point having your front window open. People can get into your taxis and masks. You've got to have those windows open to have the ventilation. So I've taken a little bit of license. Forgive me for that. Uh, uh, this morning, Cathy, but it, it does concern me because it is not only about you know the financial well-being; it's our financial it's our financial health. Uh, you know, absolutely, Brian. And I think on the issue of taxis, it's always it's 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 always been a, it was always going to be a, a challenge. You know, I remember from from my days of taking taxis that if that window is open, um, there, there's going to be an outcry from a number of people to close it. And that was one of the issues that was raised at the onset when these regulations were announced. And um, they said at the time that in order to try and prevent this, there would actually be some. Um, there would be something that they put on the window that prevents it from completely shutting. Uh, That seems to not have taken place. So uh, unfortunately, just the way that um, the system has worked now is that um, the the, the majority rule in the taxi is the one that goes. And often it, it is the majority rule that says, 
close the windows. How do you, well, I'm just talking about health and I'm not talking about, I'm going to talk about financial health. Let's get on to that subject. You know, people have returned from holiday, packed away the Christmas tree, maybe came home to a mess in the home. And everyone is getting back to what we call post-holiday blues. And those that are working, those that are looking for job or where business is closed, and the difficulty for those are innumerable. And I, I, it's so difficult to even contemplate where do people start. So you've got those who've come back to work and they've got some income, but they now have one thing that remains to be open. No more Christmas presents to be open. They've now got to open their credit card bill. And that's quite frightening. But most people are in that same boat. Uh, after months of putting out your credit card to pay for toys, gifts, holidays, and always last minute extras, all that pleasure comes to an abrupt halt when you now have to find the money to pay for your debt. Firstly, you can't return all the goods. Families were already cash-strapped before they even went away. But I think everyone needed, you know, we've been, we've been in lockdown and we've been emotionally uh, drained with what's been happening. To try and motivate oneself, to try and motivate staff, it's very difficult when you're working remotely because people have so many problems. But what people need to do now that they're back is they need to calculate the damage. You need to have a look at how much extra debt have you got. Um, and you need to consider what I've always said. You need to understand the difference between healthy and unhealthy debt. Credit card debt is the most unhealthy second in line to unsecured debt where interest rates are enormous. But credit card debt, you've just got to look at your statement. And if you don't pay your credit card off in full, you will see at the back of your statement what interest they will charge. And I've had a look at a few credit cards this morning, and they charge between 12 and 17%. So think about it. If you're getting 3 or 4% from your bank, and you're not paying your credit card off full, you're actually going backwards because you're paying more in interest than you get. So the first thing you need to do is pay off your credit card debt. Now, you may say, all well, good and well, but where does the money come from? And that's the second component. The second component, are you able to consolidate your debt? Now, when I say consolidate your debt, let's understand debt timing. People take a bond for 20 years. They may only be 15 years to go. But the first part of that period, you're mainly paying off interest. And when you take a loan you, from the bank, you may be taking a one or two year loan, or when you're buying a car, a four or five year loan. So the one thing when you're consolidating debt is you do not want to increase the number of years that you're going to make payments for. But let's assume I've got a 800,000 rand bond, I've got 100,000 rand credit card debt, and I've got another 100,000 rand debt. So I've got a total of a million rands debt, and I'm paying, for my bond, I may be paying 7.5%, uh, for my overdraft, I may be paying 11, and for my credit card, I'm going to be paying 17. Take the 200,000 out of your bond if you have an access bond and you can, and repay the, the, the higher debt cost immediately. But now, don't now just add to your bond, to your credit card, the, I mean to your bond account, what you were paying. You must now make sure that what you were paying to all your other debt, that you put into your bond immediately. So you don't extend your bond from a 10 to 15 year debt on that amount. But what you tend to do is you pay it off at the same time you would have paid the car off 
or your overdraft or any other debt you've got, but at least you're going to pay it off uh, at a low borrowing on your bond at only maybe 7 or 7.5%. So what I'm saying is don't just increase your bond and now start paying for the next 15 years. You must, you must work out how much extra do I have to put into my bond, talk to your bank, and make sure that that amount you were paying to the card or to the car or to other debt that you paid off in the same period of time that you would have paid it off if you still had those debts. That's what consolidation of debt is about. It is getting cheaper money to pay off at uh, higher rates of interest. That's the first thing you need to do. The second thing you need to do is you need to do an urgent budget. You have to calculate, for starters, am I earning enough to pay the bills on a monthly basis? Now, bear in mind, it's like everything else, the bills on a monthly basis are not the bills of the year because there are always extras coming in. So you've got to say, if I'm earning 20,000 and it's costing me 16 or 17,000 rand a month, but I've got no money, that means even though I may be saving a little bit, perhaps I'm spending it during the year on other essentials. There may be school clothes, there may be school fees, there may be gifts, there may be uh, repairs, there may be a lot of other things that you may be doing. So what you need to do is you need to do that budget. It's absolutely essential to get to start off knowing how much have debt have I got? How much am I earning? Do I have, can I pay off my debt? The next point is if you have debt, you need to contact the supplier, whoever that supplier is. You need to let them know what your plan is. You can't just say, I'm going to pay this account this month and another account next month. You need to bring the people you owe money into the loop to let them know what your plans are. You know, communication with someone you owe money to is far greater than just think you, think you can sweep it under the carpet and ignore it. And when you deal with people and you tell them what your plan is and they know your plan, then they don't have to worry about you. They've got all the other customers who aren't paying their debt to worry about. And then make sure that if you make a commitment to a store or to the bank or wherever you're committing that I'm going to be paying you 600 rand or 800 rand a month, that you stick to it. Don't do it one month and then not another month because that upsets creditors very, very much. Mm. And when, you do, when, you, when you're communicating with people you owe money to, then you certainly are in a better position. Brian, sorry, I just just want to come in there and just ask a question. It can often be quite intimidating to start a conversation with somebody that you owe money to, whether it's the banks, whether it's a clothing account, etc. How would you advise that people go about undertaking this this process? Well, if you don't do it, what do you think is going to happen? Kathy, you, what, you're going to get a letter of demand. You're going mm. to get a summons because the, these collection departments have these, it's all computerized. So however difficult it is, the conversation is a lot easier mm. when you make it, when you owe the money and no one, is the, no one is sending you letters of demand as compared to now dealing with a department where it's already been passed over for collection. Mm. So you need to talk to the, you need to talk to the suppliers, whoever it may be. Go and talk to them, even if it's a, if it's a Truers or a, an Edgars or whatever the case may be. If you talk to people you owe money to, think about it, Kathy. I lend you a thousand rand. You promise to pay me back next month, and I don't hear from you March, April, May, June. 
or you phone me in February and say, Brian, you're lending me a thousand rand. I'm sorry I can't pay you back. You can understand the times. I haven't got a job. My expenses have gone mad, etc. Can I pay you off a hundred rand a month? And can I start next month? What am I going to say, Kathy? What can I do? I'm going to say, sure, but then I expect 100 rand a month. If you pay me 100 rand a month, then I can spend time trying to collect money in a more aggressive way from people who haven't communicated. I can tell you, people think that neutral communication is negative. You know, when you ask positive and negative communication, you know, you ask me something, a question, or you ask, have a query, and I give you an answer, and you like the answer. That's positive. You ask me a question, and I give you an answer. You don't like it. It's negative communication. But at least I've communicated. The, the, the neutral communication is where people go wrong, where you just think it's going to be swept under the carpet, and no one's going to do anything about it, particularly when it comes to debt. Companies want to know what the plans are because if they know that I've got 10 people or 20 out of 100 people who have made arrangements with me, I can then concentrate on the other 80 because stores need to collect their money. They've got bills to pay. They've got salaries to pay. They've got suppliers to pay. It's not just someone buying goods and not paying for it, whether it be a car or whether it be your bond. Talk to your bank, talk to the people you owe money to, and I promise you, you will have a far better reaction than them coming to you first. You get in first. Mm. And, and, and Brian, when it comes to negotiating, right, the kind of repayment terms that one has already agreed to, um, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a car repayment, are you able to say to the bank, for instance, that, look, um, I have fallen upon hard times. I can no longer afford to pay you X amount for this car per month, but I can afford to pay you X amount. It's less than what we had initially agreed on, but I can correct the situation once I'm back in in, in a better state. Kathy, if I was a supplier of a motor car and someone came to me, I would find a, I'd work, I'd find a plan because at least you come to me and you put your cards on the table. I may want to ask about your budget, what you're earning, how you're going to do it because that's what you need to do whenever you borrow money. Believe me, if banks have lent you money or financial institutions have lent you money and right from day one, you are really not sure when you could ever pay it back, but you needed the money and you got the money and they didn't go through the National Credit Act and get all the information from you. So if you've run into debt. So I, I've, I've got a particular individual who banks have lent 200000 to. The banks had no right to lend this person 200000 They're now having a go, go at this person. This person's gone to the National Credit Agency and he said they lend me the money. They've done, they've done all their calculations um, to show that he should never have been given the money. And guess what? The banks lost out. They have no recourse against that person because they didn't do all their financial checks to make sure that the person was able to to afford it. So all I'm saying to you, Kathy, people have come back. People have got debt. You've got to do something about it. You can't just pretend because it's so stressful because you're ducking and diving. The phone's going. You're not answering the phone. You're not. You're getting letters. You're getting emails. You're just ducking. It's more stressful. It's for, when you talk about people a bit intimidated, intimidated or a little bit inhibited about going. It's far worse when you go to sleep at night and you know you owe all this money and you've got your, and you've got these people on your back. So surely you've got to face it. So I'm saying face it. I 
haven't spoken about what pensioners must do, because that is a big problem. If you think about it, people living on capital, nice to have capital, but they were earning 7 7.5% a year ago. They're now earning 35 to 4%. And inflation has incurred them. Costs have gone up, and they're struggling as well. And they also need to do it, and I'll deal with that maybe next week. But let me just finish this off, because there are a few places that people need to think about where they can save money. The first is cell phones. Everyone's got a phone. Some people have got two phones. The second is meal and meals and any entertainment, recreational shopping, membership fees. What about insurance? If you've got life insurance, I never, I never, I never ever encourage anyone to cancel, cancel a policy before you've replaced the policy. But maybe the policies you've got, maybe you can get cheaper policies. But never cancel a policy before before being accepted by another company. Just remember that's a very big danger. Use loyalty programs. Have a look at your medical aid. What your type of medical aid you're in, and what medical aid you could have, you maybe could afford in terms of catastrophe rather than day to day concerns. Yes. It's a problem, but you've got to start looking at where you you've got to do that budget and say where can we cut back, and and if we don't and and like Charles Dickens said, Dickens and you may not know what a guinea is, but it, uh, someone who earns a pound and spends nineteen and sixpence, which is sixpence less than a pound, is what they call a rich man, and someone who spends a guinea, a guinea is twenty one shillings, one pound and one shilling, long time before your day, Kathy. But as someone who who spends one pound and one shilling and only earns a pound is a poor man. And we have a lot of people in this country, unfortunately, that are spending more than they're earning, so which means their debt is going to mount up and they go, it's going to come back and bite them and they're going to get into problems, besides the health problem. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing, you know, I am such a believer that stress is so bad and is, and is one of the big contributions to ill health. And debt is, there's nothing worse than debt. Can't give you, can't put food on the table, can't give your children uh, pocket money, can't pay for the school fees at school. It puts pressure across the family. Mm -hmm. Talk to the different bodies. Talk to the schools. Make arrangements with the schools. We can't afford to pay the school fees. We don't have the money. What can we do? Go and talk. Those that talk will we'll, we'll benefit compared to those who keep quiet. All right, Brian, absolutely brilliant advice. Uh, just quickly, uh, details for people to get in touch with you. I, I, I hope I've got my number right because I'm just going back now. 11 Leave your question on that number, but please, I need to know where you're phoning from. You have to give me all your numbers so that if we do call back and you're not available, at least we can pass that message on to someone in your region to help you um, answer your question. All right. Brian Hirsch, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Kathy, I'm looking forward to come back and meet you. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, Brian, it looks like it's going to take a bit longer than we anticipated, but hey, it, it is what it is, hopefully, uh, before Kathy, the year is done. Kathy, you're not a robot, are you? No, of course not. Oh, good. Okay, good. You know, people, <laughs> people tell me today they talk into robots. <laughs> All right, Brian, it's just after 10.30. Here are your headlines.